No, it's good to have you here. Uh, it's a great Sunday of celebration. As many of you already know, this is actually Jake's last Sunday with us. Jake's been our interim worship. Yeah, you hear that? Yeah. Uh, Jake's been our interim worship leader, and uh, has he served us well? Yeah. Uh, you know, Jake and Kaylee are expecting twins. A little bit of work cut out there for you. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's obvious God's going to continue using you, Jake, in the, to advance the kingdom of Jesus. And thank you for letting him use you here. We love thank and appreciate you. Awesome. Thank Thanks, you. man. Thank you, guys. Yeah. So uh, we have made a hire. We've got a new worship leader coming. I forget his name. Uh, Aaron Ellis, I think, yeah. Aaron sent out an email to a bunch of you, and uh, he was only supposed to send it out to the worship team, but instead it went out to 280, 290 people, uh, you know. So, anyhow, the cat's out of the bag. We were going to announce that next week, but uh, that is what it is. Uh, well, let's pray. Father God, what a privilege to gather with others who want to worship you. And we give thanks to you, God, for the freedom to lift up Jesus. What a wonderful name that is. And Father, this morning we look back and we look at the present and we look to the future and, and we just ask, Father, that you would guide our, our thoughts. As a congregation, we want to be more like Jesus. We want to see others come to worship him. And, and so, Fathers, we reflect together about where we've been, where we are, and where we're going would you challenge us and encourage us? And, and in all of this, Father, in everything we do this morning, we want to lift up Jesus. What a wonderful name that is. He has no rival. He has no equal. Everything we say and do here this morning is a testimony to that. We pray in his name. Amen. Well, good to have you here. Let's see, what are we doing? You know, a long time ago, somebody made this observation. He who has a why to live for can handle almost any what or how. This idea of the why, the what, and the how. You know, the why is our purpose. It's our reason for what we do. The, the what is the thing or the things that we hope to accomplish. If you have a business, uh, you, then your what is kind of what you make. Since we are a church, what we hope to make, what we want to make, are disciples. The how, of course, is the strategy for accomplishing the what. Are you still with me? It's a lot of what, how, why, what. Okay. The, uh, the how is the strategy for accomplishing the what. And our how is the way we talk about it is reaching up and reaching in and reaching out. And we invite everybody to develop a relationship with God, a transforming relationship through Jesus Christ. That's what reaching up is all about. We want everyone to become a worshiper, a follower of God. And so we gather here each week and we call ourselves into worship just like we did earlier. We confess our sins together just like we did earlier. We sing God's praises. We give gifts to God. We study and we learn together. All of these things are a part of being a worshiper, a follower of Jesus. We find out how to arrange our lives around certain 
practices that resemble the life of Jesus. Uh, things like being immersed in the scriptures or communicating with God, that is prayer. Or things like generosity or servanthood or connecting with others so God can free us from the power of sin in all of our lives and help us live lives that are actually characterized by the fruits of the Spirit. These same qualities that we see in the life of Jesus. That's reaching up. And we do this every week together because that was Jesus' rhythm. We observe this rhythm, this thing of reaching up in the life of Jesus. He would take his disciples to synagogue. He would take them to temple. It was a big, big deal. They would study and pray and, and learn together. It was Jesus' rhythm. And um, we wish to walk in and practice the same rhythm that we see in the life of Jesus. Something else we do is we reach in. We practice living in authentic community with each other. This is why we do small groups. This is a big Sunday for us because we're launching small groups. About a year ago, we had eight or so. Now we have over 40. This is, this is something we want to see grow. It's, it's vitally, vitally important to the health of our church because nobody really grows spiritually all by themselves. At least nobody grows well spiritually all by themselves. In fact, as I get to know some other people, people that I can practice loving, uh, and you know, there's some people in our small groups that are, it's harder to practice loving them than others. Would you agree? I mean, that happens, right? Yeah. But boy, we need that practice. As we get an authentic group together, we practice loving them. They practice loving me. I can be hard to love. But as we do that, practice that kind of love back and forth, we are actually becoming more like Jesus. In community, I develop friendships with people. I get to know their story. They get to know mine. And these people encourage me. They hold me up. They pray for me. They forgive me when I mess up. They help me where I struggle. They hold me accountable. All these things happen in healthy community. And friends, we're putting lots of energy, lots of effort, lots of our resources, some of our best resources at making these small groups healthy communities. And then, you know, when you're in healthy community, you turn around and you do the very same thing for the people that are loving on you. You turn around and you love them. That is reaching in. Now, again, we do this because Jesus did it. It's not something we thought up, not some clever thing that you'll only find at Deer Creek Church. Thank God that's not true. Jesus lived this out, this thing of community and connection with others. He developed and he modeled this very thing. So if you think you can do the Christian life in a different way than Jesus did it, good luck. Good luck. I don't think you can. Jesus put people together and he taught them to love each other. He taught them to serve each other. He taught them to forgive each other and help each other and speak truth to each other where it's needed. This is just what Jesus did. It's what we want to do. And that's part of why being a part of a small group is so critical, I think, if you want to be an apprentice, a follower of Jesus. I don't think you can come up with different formulas for that other than what, what we see in his life. Now, the last part of how, how we go about making disciples, we talk about reaching up, reaching in, it's reaching out. Out is really important because the church is the one organization that does not exist for itself or for its own sake. We exist for the sake of others so that really everybody in the Denver area, everybody in the Denver region, region can know Jesus. That's why we, that's why churches are here. That's why what matters isn't just what happens in here when we gather. 
just as important, maybe in some ways more important, is what happens out there when we take our faith out into the streets. We're going to talk more about that in a second. But know that reaching up and reaching in and reaching out is our how, right? That's our, our what? Making disciples our how by reaching up, reaching in, and reaching out. So understanding that, very, very important, very important. But by far even more important is this thing of the why, the why. And today we're celebrating 30 years of ministry at Deer Creek Church. And it's appropriate that we talk for a little bit about our why. We live in a culture that's almost obsessed with the, with the how or the what. You know, bookstores, um, infomercials, pop-up ads. They are filled with the, with the how and the what. How do I make money? How do I lose weight and look good? How do I be happy? How do I buy a house? How do I raise my children? How do I keep a marriage working? How do I plant or how do I build a church? I mean, you can find books and, and infomercials and all kinds of information out there about the how. But we don't have any books or infomercials or pop-up ads about why. Why do I do what I do? Why does what I do even matter? What is the why that's big enough to live for when the how and the what aren't really working for me? So let's talk about our why. Spend some time doing this. What is our why? Because that's... Matter of fact, there's really only one great why in life. You know, Matthew, a disciple, a follower of Jesus said this. He said, as Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew, and they were casting a net into the lake for they were fishermen. This is what they had done for years and years and years. Jesus says to them, come follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And so one day, here's Jesus. He's out walking. Uh, a former carpenter, now become an itinerant rabbi. And he sees two fishermen, just ordinary fishermen. Nothing real special about these two. And Jesus speaks words to them that would forever change their world and ours. He says, come follow me. And that, friends, is the greatest command and invitation ever given to the human race. Come follow me, Jesus says, and your life will be about a whole lot more than just, you know, making a living or figuring out how to look good or how to be happy or how to be successful. Follow me, Jesus says, and you will know the only why that really matters, really matters. Follow me, Jesus says, and you will have what you need to solve any and every problem you face. It doesn't matter what the problem is. Greed, bitterness, injustice, apathy, fear, violence, racism, addictions, pollution, divorce, neglect, hatred, rejection, sexual assault, suffering, war, hunger, you name it, it doesn't matter. Jesus came to solve it and will completely and fully one day. That's his plan. Dallas Willard is somebody whose writings I've really appreciated over the years. And Dallas Willard used to say this. He'd say, there is no problem in human life that apprenticeship to Jesus cannot solve. Let that sink in. Do you believe that? This is terribly important. And you're not going to hear it outside of church. It's profoundly true. Human problems will not be solved by human means. Human problems will not be solved by human nature. In fact, human nature is really probably our biggest problem itself. There are all kinds of problems that technology, 
and innovation and education and wealth and religion simply aren't going to solve. But there are no problems, no problems among human beings that apprenticeship to Jesus cannot solve. I really believe that's true. And that includes even the problem of, of the sin in me, the stuff that breaks my relationships and makes it difficult for me to really be impossible for me to be who I'm supposed to be. Even the problem of death, Jesus is the solution to that problem. Now, the Apostle Paul got this. You remember the Apostle Paul was a persecutor of people who followed Jesus for a while. And then he meets Jesus and his life goes whoop, upside down, just like that. And the Apostle Paul wrote this some years later. He said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. What's the gospel? The gospel is the story. It's Jesus' story. It's the story of his life. It's the story of his death. It's the story of his resurrection. It's the story of him creating this thing we call the church. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It's the power of God, he said, for the salvation of everyone who believes. You want power in your life? You want to be able to transform and change? You want to see things happen in your relationships that, you know, you long to see happen? Let me tell you, there is a power for that. And it comes from the gospel, the story of Jesus' life. And let me tell you this, Jesus' gospel, Jesus' story is our why. He's the power that every one of us needs for salvation, for personal transformation, for becoming who we were really meant to be. Jesus is who we need. You know what? Uh, he is exactly what people who aren't perfect and don't pretend to be need. Would you agree? Absolutely. And it was exactly that conviction it was that why that got this church started 30 years ago. Exactly that conviction. I'd like you to take a look at a video that kind of looks back and celebrates some of the things that happened in the past. Take a look.
And then the same thing, we take it down, take it back again, and we would take it off to some poor unfortunate volunteer's garage and fill up the garage, and next Sunday we'd start the process all over again. We were all just trying to figure out who's who and, you know, where do we all fit in and what are we really doing here, and so it's, it was interesting. There weren't big numbers or things of that nature, but we were seeing things happen in the lives of people all, which was very encouraging to us. But by the time we entered into the second year of ministry, we sort of hit a plateau period. That was a good process for me. It wasn't a fun one, uh, but it was a good process to go through. In fact, it impacted our ministry because we sort of had a shift of emphasis after that time and began to emphasize the importance of worship on Sunday morning and engaging people with the music and bringing them into the presence of the Lord. That's always been uh, an important element of the church, I think. But with rents for the school space increasing dramatically, by the end of 1989, it was time to move. The bonus space at the YMCA daycare center was available. We thought this is a tremendous opportunity, but goodness, it's a lot more money than we've been paying. It was very, very um, scary. God really blessed that, but it was a step of faith, to be sure. There were, uh, even along the way, there were times when it was very, very tight. After weeks of renovation, in November of 1990, it was time for the first service in the new facility. Of course, being in a strip mall produced a few visibility problems. The first day we tried to find Deer Creek Church, we blew right by it three or four times, not knowing where it was. Um, we looked at every church in the neighborhood here. You know, uh, we knew it was somewhere near Pizza Hut. I can't even remember what we were doing, but with the breakfast, okay. But our intentions were, were there, and we got better directions the next week and found a way. And uh, it was just, uh, you know, the people, um, you know, they were just always really genuine. I think we felt comfortable from the very beginning. they have to say this week because it's always great and the music is always so uplifting and, and a neat part of that. So, and I think I, um, this, this church is just so much more real for me. That was me, by the way, in the chair talking. Oh, I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, that's how Deer Creek Church got started, believe it or not. Tube socks, hair, and short shorts. That was the key right there. Yeah. I saw uh, Arnie and Jan Merchant are here. They're sitting in the back back there. Arnie was in about half of those shots. Arnie was playing the bass. Arnie was leading drama. It's good to see you guys. Thanks for showing up this morning. Um, you know, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, some of the folks that were with us right from the very, very start are actually still here with us. Today is a, it's an understatement, an, a complete understatement to say that all of us are here this morning actually stand on their shoulders, the shoulders of people who were on staff back then and the shoulders of so many volunteers. It was their work. It was their serving. It was their giving and their sacrificing and their praying that actually allows us to be here today. And we just like to acknowledge some of these folks that are still with us. I'm going to have, a, I'm going to do this this way. I'm going to have everybody stand. Please, everybody stand if you can. And um, here's how we're going to do this. 
you can be seated uh, if you have been here less than 10 years. You can be seated. That's a lot of you right there, okay? Uh, and you can be seated if you've been here now less than 15 years. You can be seated, okay? Okay, take a look around. Yeah, you can be seated if you've been here less than 20 years. You can be seated. Okay, it's thinning out a little bit. Uh-huh. And uh, you can be seated if you've been here less than 25 years. Look at that. Look at that. Ken, Molly, what, what are you, at 24? Yeah. Well, you can stand up then. You get, get your butts out of the seat. You got to... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, understand... These people you're looking at here and, and the folks that were just seated, that last group, they've really been here for the whole long journey. You, you can be seated now. Um, they've been here through changing staff who were friends of theirs. They've been here um, and watched friends of theirs move on to other places. Some go to other churches. Uh, they've been here long enough to actually see the culture change, you know. Um, they've been here through two building programs, Two building programs. Uh, they've been here and watched me go from suit and tie to jeans, okay? Uh, they've been here through the entire hair loss process. Yeah. Which was slow at first, but then it got rapid, right? <laughs> Those people who were standing there near the end, pioneers. Pioneers. Troopers. I love these people. Wouldn't be here today without them. So let's give them another hand. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. We've actually got a gift for you guys too. As you exit, go to the welcome table out there. We've actually got some gift cards. Now I've been told that if you can make it another 10 years to the 40th, we're giving away cars and not gift cards, okay? So hang on. Let's try to hang on, right? <laughs> oh, gee. So anyway, the good news is that God hasn't stopped working at Deer Creek. I mean, he didn't just work back then. He's actually still working, still changing lives. I mean, since Jesus is our why, we have the greatest message in the world to share, period. We, uh, we just do. Uh, one of our greatest joys as a church is to see someone in the process of coming to faith. You know, they're learning about Jesus. They're getting exposure to the gospel and the story about Jesus. And they're in process toward becoming a follower of Jesus. We always want to be a church, frankly, where everybody, everybody is welcome. People who already know Jesus, people who are mostly full of questions about Jesus and about Christianity. We want to be a community where people can come with those kinds of questions and over time get answers in a context where they're allowed to ask those questions, get answers personally, get answers in a thoughtful manner. Uh, and that is essentially what's happening now at Deer Creek Church. Take a, take a look at this, uh, this next video. church for 26 years about um, when I started coming there were maybe a hundred people in church uh, Dwayne actually prided himself on knowing everyone's name 
although he didn't actually know my name, he <laughs> thought my name was Brian for a long time. <laughs> So he may not have known everyone's name like he thought he did. He was a super rebellious teenager. Um, since my parents didn't like me going to church, that may have influenced me wanting to go to church. I don't know. It's hard to be honest about that. But, but yeah, I was very rebellious. I was in trouble a lot. Uh, actually, me and my dad were really starting to not get along very well. Um, actually, fighting and not just yelling and we were physically fighting with each other and, and being rebellious as I was. I was feeling like I just wasn't going to put up with it anymore. So, you know, there's a lot, a lot of anger and, and, and fear, to be honest. So um, coming to Deer Creek Fellowship helped a lot with that, being able to, to even just tell my story to people at the church. Honestly, doing sermons, um, when I first started coming to Deer Creek Church, it was new information. I didn't know anything about the Bible. I had no idea the Bible was so relevant to who I was or to my life or to my life circumstances. And every week was like, oh, wow, I can't believe that. I didn't know that. Or, or how does how does God know that about me? Or how does Dwayne know that about me? <laughs> it felt sometimes that way. Deer Creek has been a huge blessing to my kids. Um, my kids love this church. I love this church. But my kids have grown up in this church, and I love this church. For them, they've spent their whole lives here. Yeah, I, I, I love the church so much, what it's done for my life, and now what it's done for my family's life. And I'm excited that Deer Creek doesn't do a lot of looking backwards. Even though I'm actually, I enjoy history, and I'm kind of a big history buff, and I like to tell stories from the past. But, you know, the Deer Creek does look forward, and, and does take some moments to look at the past, but is mostly looking forward about what's the community like now? What are the people like now? What are the needs of the community today as opposed to the needs yesterday? I'm excited that there's there's leadership on board that thinks about those things and thinks about you know how to how to go forward reaching people in the name of Jesus. I'm Dustin Spomer. I've been coming to Deer Creek for about three years. Uh, when I was younger, I didn't really go to church or wasn't really that religious. I mean, I'd go on holidays and Christmas, but then about the start of my freshman year of high school, there was a girl I liked, and she invited me to the youth group. And so since I liked her, I was kind of like, okay, well, let's give it a try. About on the first retreat, they asked us if we wanted to accept Jesus and to follow him. And, they asked us to raise our hands if we did, and so I just raised my hand. And I started meeting with Joseph more and more and talking to him and kind of getting to know him better. And then he had an idea that it would be kind of cool for me to be baptized here because I'd never been baptized before. So we did that, and that was really life-changing. Um, I'm Kimberly Spomer, and I've been coming to Deer Creek for just not quite a year yet. It was quite, quite amazing to watch Dustin. Um, as he started to go here to Deer Creek, he um, he really started to to grow um, in his own way, which was really nice. He didn't have um, a lot of things that were his own. He grew up with a, a brother and a family that did things a certain way that they were a little bit different than the way Dustin did things. And it was wonderful for him to find a place that just really spoke with him 
with, with people he connected with, where he could be himself, and he's really grown here, and it's been quite an amazing journey to watch. His birthday this past year, he's, you know, hey, you know, I'd really like if, you, if you'd come to church on my birthday, and um, we did, again, and, and that's when I really decided that, you know, this place spoke to me. It's, it does, it speaks to me, the people here, the message here, and the environment. And I started coming here, I started going to a life group, love my life group, just the connections are amazing, never experienced anything like that. Then I started having some very trying times where I got very sick and then my dad had a heart attack. And through that all, my life group was there supporting me, the church was there, and even if they weren't doing things for me, I knew that, that the community here was just here. And just every now and then having some contact really got me through that. I don't think I would have gotten through that uh, at all. It was a very hard time. So my very first experiences were the raising adult classes here. We talked about things that I never thought about before. And I think that really helped me too, because not only were we talking about how kids form their identity and how we help our youth build their faith bones and not just a pretty package, but then I was able to look inside myself and go, oh, I'm really finding my identity. And and this is, you know, the path I'm on and what I'm struggling with, and uh, I, I think that brought the experience to a whole new level as well. Hi, I'm Andy, and we've been coming to Deer Creek for just about eight months now. And I'm Tina. Well, it all started off with uh, Tina's daughter, uh, Megan, getting married uh, about, about eight months ago. And uh, the pastor that she had was uh, Joe. Megan and Brian were both so excited about the church and wanting us to come. And, oh, Mom, if you just came. The religion that we grew up with was very ritualistic and very rote. And I felt like on Sundays you went because you had to. She says, you won't love this church, Mom. She says, I know you, and I know what you've been looking for. And she says, this is it, Mom. And I came skeptical. <laughs> I will tell you, I came skeptical. And I left the first day with tears in my eyes. We started coming here, and it was like, whoa, this is amazing. And, uh, and the scriptures that we hear here at Deer Creek, we've heard before, but didn't really know the true meaning because we never really studied it. Uh, and what amazed me about this place is, is not only you have the scripture that we kind of heard about and know what you're talking about, but the meaning of it from back in the day when it was written. And it applies today and how you put it into perspective of what we can learn from it today in our, in our lives today. And we can leave church and take that with us for the week. And we talk about it all the way home. Yeah, that was really cool. Well, we do that, you know. And I love it. I I can't see going anywhere else. Feels like home. Yeah, with a good family. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Good stuff. God at work. We appreciate the folks that actually took the time, you know. We had to pay them large amounts of money to do that. <laughs> we just appreciate being willing to share with us. Got a question for you. 
Uh, the question is this, when does a church get old? When does a church get old? You know, this year we're 30 years old. Compared to some churches, that's old. Compared to other churches, that's not old at all. When does a church get old? Let me suggest that a church's age has nothing to do with how long it's been around. A church gets old when it becomes self-absorbed, when it becomes isolated and unconcerned about the community out there. Uh, a church gets old when it becomes self-preoccupied and forgets that there is a world out there that God loves and means to reach, a world that is broken, a world that is lost, a world wrestling with sin and with death and with hell. And they don't even know that there's someone who has come to rescue them from those horrible realities. A church is old and tired when it's not willing to love who God loves, the way God loves, with lots of patience, lots of forgiveness, lots of serving, lots of sacrifice. And I would just say this, let's not be that kind of old, okay? Let's never be that kind of old. Let's stay clear on our why. Let's remember that 2,000 years ago, Jesus said to some fishermen, come follow me and I will send you out to fish for people. And today Jesus says the same thing to us. And it's a command and it's an invitation. And this morning we have celebrated the past a little bit and acknowledged that we sit here this morning, but we're actually sitting on the shoulders or standing on the shoulders of others. We acknowledge that God is at work in the present. And before we leave, I am really excited to talk to you about what we are going to pray about and hope to see God do in the future. Do you have a few more minutes? <laughs> the doors are locked. You can't get out anyway. So <laughs> what does God want us to accomplish in the future? Specifically, really in the next five years is what we're talking about. Uh, friends, you may not know this, that there are 140,000 people within a five-mile radius of where we sit right now. And the truth is, fewer than 25% of those people are connected to God through faith communities or through faith in Jesus. Fewer than 25% of those people. Uh, and what is more, in the next five years, there's a, a 3,400-acre development that's happening south of us. It's called Sterling Ranch. 12,000 homes are going to be built there. Over 30,000 people are going to occupy those homes. And the question for us is simply this. Are we going to care? Do we really care about that? Are we going to do anything to help more folks discover the one thing that can actually solve their problems, namely Jesus? As the leadership of Deer Creek Church has prayed about this and thought about this and had many, many conversation about it, conversations about it, we believe that God does have a role for us to play in reaching these people in this radius that we're talking about. We believe that in the next five years, Jesus wants us to continue reaching up, reaching in, and reaching out. And I want to talk about each of those categories in specific ways, things that we want to tackle in the next five years. Reaching up, remember, is about helping other people connect to God. And we want to add opportunities here at this campus for more people to join us. You know, growth is great. I don't know if you've noticed, but we've been doing some growing lately. In fact, we've grown by 21% over the last three years. We've grown by 12% just this year compared to last, and we're thankful for that. We're thankful for the opportunity to share the gospel and the good news about Jesus and following Jesus with more and more people. That's a good thing. We pray for that to happen. But growth also means that we're slowly running out of room. Uh, and the question is, what are we going to do? 
So one of the things we plan to do in this next five-year period is we're going to add another service, but not a Sunday morning service. We're going to add a Saturday night service. Probably, <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay, okay. Uh, probably in the fall, probably next fall. It just depends as we monitor growth and things of that nature. We think that'll give us an opportunity to allow more people, invite more friends, have more family come join us in this place and get the, the privilege of sharing the good news about Jesus with them. Now, reaching up also means, we think, adding another site. And we're very, very excited about this. Here at Deer Creek, we know something about growing healthy, mid-sized churches. We're, we're not a megachurch. We have no plans to become a megachurch. I am becoming a mega pastor over the years. It gets, <laughs> it gets harder and harder to get rid of the mega. You know what I'm talking about? But we're not a megachurch. It's not the plan. But we have decided that one effective way to reach out would be to add sites. In other words, duplicate what we do here, do the same thing at other sites. And so we're planning to do this first in Sterling Ranch. With the development of that community, what I described just a moment ago, there is going to be a tremendous need for the love of Jesus to be poured into schools and poured into those neighborhoods. So in the next few years, we are working to secure a location for that site. We don't know if that means rental or we don't know if that means purchasing land. We're open to whatever, whatever God, whatever way God leads. Uh, we are working to put together a team of leaders for that site. We're working together to uh, develop a worship team for that site and to develop children's ministries, student ministries, and all the ministries needed for that church, for that site to flourish. And uh, we will need a ton of folks from here. We anticipate that some of you will go with that team who goes there. And uh, these are people who, of course, say, I I'm willing and I want to be a pioneer. I want to roll up my sleeves. I want to help greet. I want to help welcome. I want to help teach. I want to help invite. I, I want to help give. I want to continue to pray with others. Let's let the people in Sterling Ranch know all about the love and the forgiveness of Jesus. And I'm sure many from here will go to that site. We believe that what God is calling us to do um, is create multiple opportunities for people to hear this good message. And, uh, and so having another side is one of those things that we're going to be shooting at, shooting for in the next five years. As God enables, as God resources us, those plans will continue to unfold. We want to keep launching healthy, flourishing congregations in the Denver area. And we believe that creating congregations like that to proclaim the, the good news of Jesus is a very noble adventure. It's the most effective way to extend the kingdom into new areas. And again, that's reaching up. That's reaching up. Now, we also see some opportunities with regards to reaching in. That second thing, the reaching in. In the next five years, we are praying and uh, we are asking God to give us at least 80% involvement in healthy small groups. As I said earlier, we're putting lots of effort, lots of energy, lots of training, lots of support, lots of prayer into having healthy small groups. It's vitally important to us as a community and to a congregation as we try to reflect some of the patterns that we see in Jesus' life. But we want to see at least 80% of our congregation involved in these small groups because we believe that for you to grow and, be, and, and really thrive spiritually, a small group is going to be essential for that to happen. We are also aligning all of our ministries um, so that they line up and make use of this concept, this thing of small groups, whether it's children's ministry, student ministry, men's ministry, women's ministry, 
All of these ministries are aligning and, uh, in such a way that they will be promoting and primarily functioning through small groups. Here's another thing we want to do that we think will help us as a community get healthier and do more along the lines of the ministries that I'm describing. That's pay off the debt for this facility. We're at about 340 or so, maybe $335,000 right now that we still owe on this property. We want to just eliminate that debt. We plan to do that in a couple of years. We'll be able to take those dollars that we currently put to uh, pay that debt, to service that debt, and put it towards some of these things that I'm talking about right now. And we're excited about that. That's another piece, another aspect. And then uh, something else. This is sort of uh, internal. That's why we're calling it reaching in. We're going to finish some of the remodeling projects here in this facility. We've done the basement. Uh, we've done a lot already in the sanctuary and in the lobby. We've got some bathrooms to finish. We've got a few items in the lobby to finish, things like ceiling and whatnot. We've got a few things in here like the sound system and so that we mean to uh, kind of update and refresh. They're, uh, they're pretty old. But um, we believe that that'll just help this facility that God has given us to be a sharper tool. You know, if you have a knife, you want it to be sharp. You want it to be useful. And that's what these changes are all about. Now, as you might expect, we also see some opportunities when it comes to reaching out. So we talk about reaching up, reaching in, reaching out as well. In the next five years, we believe God wants us to launch two new churches, not new sites, Two new churches. You know, you know, Brett and Aaron Weston and family, uh, they're here right now as our church planting residents. And uh, in a little over a year, we, were, we are hopeful to launch them on a church plant. That would be the first one of these two. We're going to also bring in another church planting resident in a few years, get them in the pipeline so that we can, by five years, be launching a second church plant. Again, why would we do that? Well, because that really is the most effective way to let others know about Jesus. And uh, we're very, very excited about that. Now, here's something else else uh, to add to this list on the reaching out. We are praying about God and asking God to give us a hundred people uh, who would start following Jesus. Now, in other words, we, we believe that if we don't pray about this, if we're not specific, if we don't ask God to work and have some uh, target here that we're asking uh, him to help us achieve, you know, we're, we're not really trying. <laughs> so I, what I hope is, I hope in five years we're badly embarrassed. I hope we see that our, our faith was way too small. I hope we see a lot more men, women, and children than 100 come to know Jesus. But you know what? I'll take 100. By that, I mean if, if 100 people can say, I came to know Jesus. I came, started following Jesus uh, in this five-year period. So we're asking you to pray with us toward that. We're asking you to invite people uh, who could hear the gospel. We're asking you to your faith with others. That's all part and parcel of seeing God do this. As we pray, he empowers us to work. And then lastly, we want to put 10,000 hours of community service into the communities uh, in which we live. This is a way of, of showing, you see, not just telling about the love of Jesus. Now, we're already well on our way. Back in July, we had a group of people gather. We've already put 250 of those 10,000 hours, you know, in the hopper. So we're almost there. Um, we've got another opportunity coming up in November, I believe it is, where we're members of the congregation, people here can go and work with us. So it's to be another opportunity to serve uh, the community out there. And we're going to be doing a lot more of this. Why? We don't want to just talk about the love of Jesus. We want to, in very practical ways, uh, love the community that we're a part of. And we hope you'll join us in those endeavors. We'll be always telling you about those when they're coming. It's a great opportunity for whole families to participate. Now, why in the world would we bother doing any of this? Why not just sit here, sing songs, hear awesome sermons and stuff like that? 
Why, why, why do any of this? Well, back to that, that matter we talked about a moment ago. What's our why? You see, our why is Jesus. And we really do believe that he is it. And people need to know it. They need to know Jesus. I'm guessing that when you hear us talk about some of these things, some of you might be thinking or feeling in ways that early followers of Jesus felt. Hey, we can't do this. This is more than we should bite off. We're not adequate for this. We don't know enough. We don't have enough resources for this. There's no way this can happen. Friends, that is a lie. That's just simply not true. You know why? Because of Jesus. That's why. Uh, you know, fortunately, catching fish does not depend on how good a fisherman I am. It just doesn't. Jesus is still looking for people to follow him. People who know that they're inadequate. People that know that they're not smart enough. They're not spiritual enough. They're not mature enough. They're not holy enough. But people who will just keep following and keep fishing. Keep reaching up. Keep reaching in and keep reaching out. Keep listening to folks that are lonely. Keep encouraging people that are discouraged. Keep meeting, keep serving, keep giving, keep loving, keep sharing, keep proclaiming the message. You see, Jesus is still sending people out today just like he was 2,000 years ago. And he's still using people and he's still resourcing people and he's still doing the impossible through people that will just follow him. And that's what we intend to do. We intend to follow Jesus in this. And we won't accomplish any of this without his help, without his wisdom, without his working. We're clear about that. You know, when Jesus gave the Great Commission, he said, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. But then... Uh, and of course, that's why. That, that's the why. That's the gospel right there. But Jesus goes on to say, you will not do this alone. He says, I will be with you. Literally, he said, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. And I think, personal opinion here, I think we tremendously underestimate Jesus' determination to be with us when we seek to follow him. When we step out to follow him and to serve him by loving others in his name, we may be filled with doubts. So what? Uh, we may be inadequate for the task at hand. That's all right. Because Jesus, you see, is always more than adequate to accomplish what he wants to accomplish in us and through us. Jesus said this. He said, I am going to be with you always. You can't shake me is what he's saying. You can't get rid of me. You can't outrun me. Jesus is with us. And we believe in the next five years, Jesus will be with us. And we will see Jesus do some amazing things in us and through us as a church family. Here at Deer Creek Church, we want to always be extending ourselves to others with the gospel, the truth about Jesus. We want to always be planting churches. We want to always be moving forward, starting other sites, utilizing the resources that we have, finances, volunteers, staff. We have a great staff, friends. We have an awesome staff, fun people to work with, energizing people to be around, people with faith and people with vision. It's very, very, very exciting. We want to always be inviting our friends, our family, our co-workers, our fellow students, our neighbors to join us here on Sunday mornings or perhaps at another site or on a Saturday evening or come join us in a small group. You know, we have small groups actually designed just for people asking questions about Christianity. 
called Christianity Explored. And uh, people will be able to go there not believing in Jesus, not following Jesus. They'll be with others in the same boat, the same shoes that they wear. They can ask any question they want and hopefully get a good answer. At least where answers are to be had. And we're excited about this. Can you tell? Good. <laughs> um, we want to be a community of men and women who live and breathe Jesus so much so that others would like to know something about this one that we follow. That's the real crux of this. We know we get stuff wrong. We know we're a people who aren't perfect. We don't want to pretend to be perfect, but we do want to point people to the one who is perfect. Am I right? Point them to Jesus. He's the why. He is why we started this church. That is still why we're here today. It's Jesus. And we hope that you will be with us together on the next five-year journey. We're calling this journey the REACH Initiative. How clever is that? I think that was, that was Tim's idea. I think it's fan reaching up, right? Reaching in and reaching out. Why? That's what Jesus does. He's always reaching up. He's always reaching in and he's always reaching out. That's what we're going to be doing in the next five years. So come follow Jesus with us. Come pray with us. Come trust with us. Come depend on him with us. Come give with us. Come resource the things that Jesus is going to do through this body in the next five years. That's our invitation. And I'm done. <laughs> pray with me. <laughs> Let's pray. Father, you are a good, good God. You are so incredibly forgiving and patient with us. I think about the last 30 years, Lord, I would hate to have all of the mistakes that we've made put in front of us. But the good news, God, is you've forgiven us. You have forgiven our sins. Looking forward, God, we really believe that Jesus means to work, whether in Sterling Ranch or whether in uh, churches planted. And we just pray, Father, that you would be transforming us to have more the heart, more the mind, more the spirit that we find in Jesus. We want to and women and children come to know him and not just come to know him, but grow in him, be discipled, become apprentices. And we pray, Father, that you would help us as a church in this REACH initiative in the next five years to be surprised, in fact, to be flabbergasted at what you do. Surprise us, Father. In all of this, we hope, we want the spirit to be to raise up Jesus that men and women and children would be drawn to him and discover the one powerful, true solution to every problem they face. Thank you, God, for the opportunity to worship together this morning. Thank you for everyone here who was able to join us. And God, to you be all the glory. You are able. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.